biggest way to, or the easiest way to describe and why I see it as that natural extension is I do feel that sense of personal responsibility to help in this field. And I think that alone drives me to work harder every day. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? How you doing? Welcome to the Luciano cast. I'm your host, Luciano. On this episode, we spoke with Andrew Hireman, who's a med tech entrepreneur, ex-tennis player. Well, he might still be a tennis player. I'm not sure. But anyways... He's all around a great guy and truly an inspiration. We spoke we spoke around and about all kinds of things that make up who and what he is, what he does, and some of the inspiration around why he does what he does. Please, give it up for Andrew Hireman. <laughs> we got Andy H. Baby in the house, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Andy, how can I help you, Hireman, a.k.a. my personal favorite, one bad mamma jamma. Nice. Thank you. Per- perfect introduction. You crushed it. <laughs> Couldn't ask for anything more. Thank you, sir. That's that's how we like to roll around these parks, man. Love it. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. It's a great studio here today. <laughs> yeah, it's exquisite. Awesome, awesome, honestly, recording location. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Second floor. We got we got views. Right. Incredible views of the parking lot. Incredible views of some homeless people and <laughs> some, some rainy sidewalks and yeah. uh, dead. Well, hey, it's snowing now. It's a snowy sidewalk. Dead March grass. Yeah. <laughs> March in Grand Rapids. Yeah, you know how it goes. All right. But, Andrew, who, who are you, man? Yeah, so who am I? <laughs> who are you? Good question. You know, these days I just left my job at Spectrum Health Innovations about two months ago. Uh, to, to venture out and start a little company uh, around a product that we made at Spectrum Health Innovation. So mm-hmm. currently, I would I would call myself a med tech entrepreneur. Med tech um, entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, medical device, I guess you could say, but um, definitely consider myself in the technology space. Right. Um, you know, always have been. So yeah, med tech entrepreneur just moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. Whoa. Which is, you know, still a weird change of pace. It's really nice being back here in Grand Rapids. Um, you know, got to check out where I used to live. Um, stayed there the past couple of days with a couple of my friends who are still there. So it was really cool just to come back in and plug in. But how's it been in Scottsdale? Yeah, Scottsdale is great. I mean, this time of year, it's it's perfect weather. Um, this is when like all the kind of the big events are going on. So uh, spring training just kicked off last, I think last weekend. Baseball? Baseball, yeah. So tons of people come in for that. Um, What's really cool about it is, like, there's just a bunch of games. So it's, like, once I kick it off, it's, like, a game every other day or so. Sweet. And they're really cheap tickets. You know, a bunch of people come in from out of town. Some town is busy. You know, there's all sorts of stuff to do. And um, it's good. I mean, other than, obviously, like, the touristy type traffic. But I don't know too much. How's the hiking out there? Oh, my God. Incredible. Yeah, so Scottsdale is, like, right in the valley. So they call it, like, the Valley of the Sun or Sun Valley, um, which is, like, Scottsdale is kind of, like, on the east side of it. Okay. And then all the way down, like, south west is like the city of phoenix and then um you kind of keep going out i've heard of phoenix yeah you've heard of phoenix yeah <laughs> drive a little drive through town pass over town but yeah. so then you keep going west and like the really just like dead ends into the valley that that is basically connected between um san diego and and like the phoenix valley oh, and yeah. I, so that, that's not valley. that's just a desert i think sun that, valley. that you know the sun valley is like the city the metro area of phoenix basically okay but then there's, I think it might be, like, Death Valley. Is that right? Like, there's a Death, Death Valley? Or... There's Death Valley somewhere. I thought it was in Nevada. 
There, Maybe it's in Arizona. It might be. I, I don't know. I know that there's a crazy amount of desert. It just flew from... <laughs> and death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from Phoenix to San Diego. It's just all flat desert. Oh, my God. Yeah. You've so, been to San Diego yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just went over there. Oh. Yeah. Little plug here for Frontier Airlines. $26 one-way trip from Phoenix to San Diego and then back. So... Uh, $52 to, to do a round trip flight to San Diego. I would say 26 bucks into hitchhiking? No, yeah. That's a, a flight on, on Frontier Air. So oh my god. Is that, that was, standard? That was, Is that yeah. just, was it special? No, that's just the pricing for them to go. They do. I think they do that route probably two or three times a day. Okay. Because I've looked again and it's like it's always that price. <laughs> so that's really nice. I've got a, a couple of friends over in San Diego so I went over there and, and did some surfing and did some business stuff while I was there. You didn't do any surfing? I didn't do any well. Okay. I, I, I feel like a polar bear on those those boards and so hard. I feel like I'm just glued to it. Like you get out past the break finally, and you're like, oh, all right, now I actually am trying to do something. <laughs> so it's tough, but I mean, it's good. It's a good challenge. You, what else is one bad mamma jamma gonna do? What else are you gonna do? Yeah. So yeah. I went out there with a big old longboard and basically just got my ass kicked by like a three foot break, which is oh, doesn't sound very big. No, that's terrible. Yeah, it's, but. It's fun. I mean, I want to learn and get better at it. Um, yeah. It's, For it's, 26 bucks, go over there. Right now. Your boys uh, live by the beach or something? Or? They do, yeah. The, my, uh, my friend Ryan is in Pacific Beach, so he's about a half mile away from like the actual Pacific Beach kind of like area, okay. which is very touristy. But if you go just north or south of it, there's like a lot of nice beach and um, good areas for surfing, for sure. Like some of the best areas. So right it's on. good. Yeah, I had, a, I had a good time there, too. But yeah, Phoenix has been great. Um, you know, really no complaints, been living the remote life now, you know, so yeah, I spend like 90 hours a week on the phone, you know, Seriously? Between, it seems like it, man, like between like business and work stuff, like I've always just either got my phone glued to my, my hand or shout out to Apple for AirPods because yeah, I mean, God bless them. That's executive. Right? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> for, yeah. So, <laughs> speaking exactly. of, speaking <laughs> of one bad man pajama, yeah. a med tech yeah. entrepreneur, you have to have AirPods first of all. I feel like. It, it's part of the, the job description. Yeah. Are you, you able to you, wear AirPods? It's like illegal to have yeah, a med tech company if you don't have AirPods. Yeah, right? it seems like it. I mean... They would come after you, I think. Yeah, I think so too. It, honestly, though, is like so convenient because I am always on the phone calling people here, obviously, but then also like networking, just getting general business stuff done. Yeah. You know, like it just seems like I'm always on the phone and, and it is two hours currently. Two so how, hours how do you network in a new spot? Oh my God. How don't you? <laughs> yeah. Everywhere you go, you just have your business cards on you and you just talk to people, get to know people and just connect the dots, you know, and yeah. networking is something for me that's always, it's always felt really organic. Like, you yep. yep. I have a lot of interests and a lot of hobbies and I feel like, you know, I, I always am trying to purposefully work on some interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go into a place for me, you know, I, I played tennis, I play golf, I bike, you know, I hike, like you just go into those places and you look for groups that are doing that same People thing. People do those things all the time. All the time. <laughs> Way more than you could keep up with, you know? Right. So, especially having a lot of those hobbies, I network from there. Um, next week, actually a week from, is today Friday? Yeah, today's Friday. Today's Friday. A week from tomorrow, I'm doing a 100-mile bike race in, um, I think it's Cape Creek. Just One day? One day of 100 miles? Yeah, just one day, 100-mile ride. Um, and that's with the American Diabetes Association. I was going to say, what's the charity for this yeah. one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's honestly a really good way to network, though. Like, it, you, you find, like, an event that, like, you like to do mm. and a cause that you care about. You know, my sister's a type yeah. 1 diabetic, so I've been involved with stuff they've done in the past. And, you know, I just went in and was like, I just did this bike race in July. You know, like, is there anything like that out here? 
before you know it, you know, you're meeting with you know other people in the area, and I'm actually part of a Facebook group now, <laughs> which is there you go Med Tech Cyclists of Greater Phoenix. Are you kidding me? Like so specific, that doesn't exist. So right, exactly. So yeah, I mean that that's you did 300 miles in July, right? Right. Yeah, for, that was for Make a Wish. That was for Make a Wish, yeah. and yeah. Um, another plug here for Anthony Lazaro. Definitely would not have done that without him. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of pushing me and and you know communicating to me. It's great cause. Great fun, you know, good personal challenge, and yeah. it was actually yeah on day two. It, I think it was the longest day. It was like 115 miles, so it's 300 total, but it's broken up a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, on that day, it was I mean it's crazy windy. It was raining in the morning, just really hard, and we were probably like I don't know three quarters of the way done. And I just remember thinking to myself, and I I think I said it out loud actually to Anthony at one point, like this has got to be the hardest thing I've done physically. Like right now, I'm just like really, really burning it. Yeah. Um, you know, and of course they have like vehicles that like can help you like get to an extra stop and stuff, but. Oh, it's cheating, what the heck? I, yeah, it is not. I, everyone uses it, but like going in, I was like, <laughs> that was like my personal goal was like, don't use them at all. And like, you know, in hindsight, you know, three months of like recovery afterwards, it felt like, uh, you know, my knees were just like, come on, man. But, um, I should have used the van. So, <laughs> I got you. Right. I got you. Well, lessons for one bad man pajama. That's right. You got to be bad out there. If you're yeah. Gonna, you know, if you're going to do it. Go do it, right? So we were in a conference. You were in it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you go, guys, wait, time out for a quick sec. <laughs> I need I need to show you guys um, a voicemail I have. <laughs> and so it's like, what, where, what was the company you bought it from? It was just Men's Warehouse. Yeah. Men's Warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Hi, uh, Andy. Andrew Hireman. I'm calling from Men's Warehouse. We have a custom suit for you uh, with the with the custom label on it. One bad mama jamma. Um, give us a call. It's ready for you. Pick it up by five or. <laughs> that was one of the better things I've felt about like making you know someone say over the phone. You know, like sometimes you feel bad. You're like, uh, is there an account linked to? And it's like your old email address. You know that you're like, oh god, I'm sorry. Like, you know, but it was hilarious getting that call. One bad mama jamma. I was like, nice. <laughs> so I'm actually wearing that suit tonight. It's funny. That Are you? Yep. So I haven't worn it yet. It's it's clean, crisp, sitting uh, you know on a hanger right now. But you wore it on the way out of Spectrum Health. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I did wear it my yeah, last day. Cause, okay. Because I was like, there's only a few number of people who could pull off right. what I'm about to tell you was what you did, yeah. which was had your coat on. You know, you're like, well. And we're looking at it, you know, hey, you have the, uh, you pulled the yeah, thing well, open, showed you, you, you showed it to me, written in <laughs> beautiful right. little letters, totally one not. bad mamma jamma, <laughs> and it was time for you to go for some reason at that time. That was it. And uh, you put it down, you said, all right, guys, I'm out, and just walked out the door. That's it. I'd like to imagine you didn't look back. No, haven't looked back. No, definitely, obviously, have a great partnership still with Spectrum Health. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been able to collaborate on some stuff already, which has been really cool. No, I smell like physically, like but for physically, dramatic, for, for, for dramatic not, purposes. Yeah, physically, I have not looked back. No, really? Uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's right. I totally forgot I did wear it just for that last yeah. afternoon there. Um, but I'm excited. I'm wearing it tonight. Uh, you know, I bought the suit initially because my, my buddy's getting married tomorrow. Oof. So, of course, this, this is why I brought it up is, you know, he, he asked, well, what should we, you know, what should we do for the, um, was it like the the rehearsal dinner? Sorry, excuse me. So, yeah. what what should we wear for the rehearsal dinners? And I'm like, one bad man pajama. Just showing up to the rehearsal dinner. I don't know what you're wearing, but I'll be in a full suit. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, 
typically it's a little bit more casual of an affair because we're all suited up tomorrow. I'm like, that's fine. I'm gonna be wearing that suit. So yeah, you gotta own it, right? Sure enough, I made it. I made it work for you know my travel schedule. Got yeah. two suits in because I have to obviously wear a, a specific suit tomorrow for the wedding. Yeah. Um, so I packed two suits and like literally two other outfits total. <laughs> I'm gone for like nine days. I'm like, I'll be a washer and dryer as long as I've got the one bed pajama suit. So. I just need a pair of shorts. And then... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta ask. So yeah. I mean, like, so like. Again, medtech entrepreneur. Sure. Yeah. Biking hundreds of miles, mm-hmm. hiking, moving out to a brand new city uh, to start a life just to see what it's about. I don't yeah. know why I did it. I, but, <laughs> I don't know why anyone would do that. <laughs> you don't like snow? You think you're too good for snow? <laughs> but what I want to ask is, what does one bad mamma jamma mean to you? What does it mean to you? Yeah, it's so funny. So we were just talking about in the store, you know, like just kind of like the idea of like look good, feel good, play good, right? It's something okay. that. Uh, me and my the buddy who's getting married, we've always talked about. We played tennis together at Grand Valley, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about like just the move coming up and like you know business meetings. I'm like, yeah, I probably should get like a little bit more of a conservative suit. And he was like, why? He's like, what do you mean? Like, why? Why do you want to like show up and represent yourself in like this conservative way? Like, why don't you just go in and be you? And we were like talking about that for a while, like in the store, and. <laughs> And then his fiance came in, we like kind of caught up with our conversation, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Right, like you're one bad man in jamming, you gotta own it." And I like we both just like bursted out <laughs> laughing. We we're like per- perfect, beautiful. So that's kind of just like an inside joke with us three. I'm just like, "Yeah, you're one bad man in jamming, you gotta own it." Dude, um, it's an outside joke now. <laughs> outside joke now, yeah. So <laughs> anyone listening, you're you're also one bad man in jamming, and you better own it. So that's really all there is to it. I mean. I think it's really, like, an easy time to, like, reflect and, you know, like, kind of maybe even get a little bit insulated, like, when you do make a move like that, like, you know, moving across the country, starting a new job, and starting this company, and, like, I think it's easy to kind of be like, yeah, you know, for this, though, I should, like, just take it easy, but, like, you shouldn't, you know, like, if you're doing crazy stuff, you just gotta own it, Um, and I think, like, that's something that it just reminds me of, so, yeah, yeah. it's funny, you know, like, I think, like, it's, it's also easy to, like, describe and like sound like it's cool but it's very stressful it's very hard and and yeah. I think like that is like the point you know like you're, you're doing these challenging things and like you should reward like your self-interest like indulge in yourself a little bit and like own the fact that you're you know one bad man pajama from time to time yeah yeah, yeah I, I like that a lot yeah, Everyone should. yeah. <laughs> yeah like that that's, that's probably why uh books like you are a badass yeah. are like so popular exactly right? the same idea like that. don't give up whatever yeah. you know yeah oh yeah same idea <laughs> so um, look good play good feel good oh yeah right so that's um, it that's you, the motto yeah yeah, yeah. so you're, you're in a tennis match and i know this translates to like like I mean, everything I mean, you're doing I mean, right mm-hmm. it, it translates to business translates to sports it probably translates to how you freaking brush your teeth in the morning that's right so look good feel good play good mm-hmm. now and, and you know what's funny is like there's a really popular book out there called like girl wash your face and i think that ultimately that's that like that's like kind of the idea of the, the cover the title as well it's okay. like wash your face get prepared look good yeah because you got to go run it you know like yeah you're going out to rule the world today you're not going out to you know look look bad play bad you know feel bad <laughs> like why would you want that <laughs> look bad play bad <laughs> like why would you want that so yeah, yeah, kind of the same idea. So you're going up to play a tennis match, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And so, how important is it for you to look good and feel good? Oh, I mean, I think 
I think tennis is funny. It's probably like the worst example, but like if anyone does watch <laughs> tennis, because like most most tennis players have like zero like what I would call like swag, you know, and like they they, they walk out on the court, you know, they're wearing like neon short shorts and stuff, like. But there's a certain like confidence in that too, I think. But yeah. the best example is really like Roger Federer always comes out wearing like all black at the U.S. Open because he's mm. like, I'm the bad guy, you know? Like, mm. it's like you're gonna you're gonna come up and face me. Like, you should be like scared. And he comes out to like I think it's like the Star Wars theme music of like the Imperial March. Or whatever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's ultimately just like that, you know? Like just like yeah, build it up a little bit around you. Like give yourself that confidence and like that identity, you know? Like I think. It's ultimately that, and like I think the NBA does the best job of that, right? I mean, like, oh yeah, Fear the Fro and James Harden with the beard, and like LeBron has this entirely, you know, always changing, you know, swag yeah. that he he puts off. But it's always the same idea, right? You wear, you go out and you wear, you know, flashy stuff or like specifically not flashy stuff. You like mm-hmm. you give yourself kind of that, like I'm here doing this thing. Yeah, and it's just a little bit easier to tap into that. I think like it's it's hard to not get psyched up when you, like, put yourself in that position instead of, like, all right, here comes, like, a tennis match. I had to, like, you know, get psyched up for it. Like, <laughs> you know, again, you don't want to be thinking through that th- thought process. You're preparing to be the bad guy. You know, like, yeah. that's cool. Like, that gets you in that process, so. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, um, like, uh, uh, think, not think go rich, uh, how to win friends and influence people. It's yeah. like, give a dog a good name, he's going to think he's a good dog. That's right. Give, your, give yourself a good name. You are the dog. Yeah. You know, like, give yourself a bad name, and you're going to be the bad mamma jamma dog. That's right. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you got the patient company. Yep. Right? The patient company. That's correct. Yep. Uh, is that your biggest challenge so far? What, what's the next, What's the next? Uh, like, milestone you're trying to cross or yeah, what's yeah. the you're a mountain climber man what are you trying to climb right now <laughs> yeah so i mean basically where we're at right now is we're, we're still developing the device that we spun out which is a what is the patient company your main challenge right now yeah for sure i mean so the patient company itself you know i ultimately see as you know a, a vehicle to help you know clinicians take products to market the same way as as innovations is part of that kind of process as well yeah um, i think that the biggest thing that i noticed while i was at innovations was you know, ultimately, a lot of these projects get to a certain point where a nonprofit a healthcare system they can't drive them any further, right? right? You can't legally sell a medical device as a hospital system, right? So at some point, you start to kind of get near a line where you should stop being the one that does that work. Ultimately, I see you know the patient company filling that void. Mm. Hospital systems all around the country are are looking at new product development, innovation, commercialization of technology, investing in technology in a totally different way. And while I was at Spectrum, I realized, like, we really are kind of on the, the front end of that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to do that work, but we have pretty good systems in place. We are doing that work, you know, and I think it's easy to get caught up. And I did a lot at Spectrum, like, why isn't this going better? You know, why aren't we making more cool stuff? Why aren't we doing this and that? But it's like, when you take a step back and you realize how everyone else is just beginning that work, it, it really makes you realize like we are pretty far along and um, you know that's really cool and we can help support the growth of that you know everywhere so ultimately that's really my goal is to to take it you know take stuff from hospital systems where they can't take it any further you know they, they've got some sort of roadblock whether it's you know FDA approval or you know regulatory issues and they're like legally we can't move it forward great that's where our company would come in um, you know, and then help them basically bridge that gap to, to get the product to market. 
and then ultimately get it in the hands of the people that um, are best suited to to go out and and, and scale it up. Really, you know, yeah. distribute it at scale. And the name, the patient company, is like the perfect name for that. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was a really funny one to me. You know, like our mission statement. I'm working on it still, so you know, don't hold me to this. But it's basically like the idea of it is just to you know our our role, our responsibility in healthcare is to provide tools to the people that take care of us, right? Superior technology to the people that take care of us because yeah. we need to take care of them, right? Yeah. And you get hurt and you expect that someone, you go to the hospital and they're going to take care of you and you're going to come out, you know, patched up all your uh, right. all your injuries and whatever. Exactly. So ultimately, everything gets back down to, to patient care and, you know, working for the patient and, and the people that mostly interface to the patient, right? So... I think for me, you know, when I start to look at like a name of the company, knowing that like I want to do this long term, you know, I have these goals to really develop the system, not just this one product. Um, you know, it was really important to me to have something that that spoke to that, but was also agnostic to product, right? Right, because you want to launch more than one product. Absolutely, you've I got mean, one product now. Right, and then and then keep going, you know, and create that system for hospitals to to really plug into and and get stuff further down the road and and. Um, yeah, so anyways, I started to look into, you know, like just available names and trying to keep it, you know, um, you know, really easy. And I was just blown away that the patient company was available. So I <laughs> yeah. just took it immediately. I got, there wasn't even any second thought. Like how long like, did we have hospitals? Right. How long did we have patients? Right. It's just like, I care about patients, don't you? And that was really all the thought process into it. So it was no, it. like, grand adventure of, like... You know, like everyone talks about the meaning behind the name, you know, and stuff. And with yeah, our with, a, with my first product, there? right? With my first product, we definitely had that story, you know. But like with <laughs> with the company, it's it was just a no brainer. Right? Yeah, it's not taken. Nobody has the patient company. I'm gonna come out and be the patient company, and that's what we're gonna build up. So yeah, the first product is, uh, and it's funny, you know, over audio or you know, when I explain it to people and they don't read it, everyone's always like, I don't get it. But the the first product is called Simple. Simple. Simple, right. S-I-M-P-U-L-L. So it really is meant to stand for a simulated pull because that's the act that does. Mm -hmm. Um, It moves patients from any one flat surface to another. So think bed to stretcher, OR table, CT table, uh, really you name it. Any lateral patient transfer activity and unfortunately really the best option for that process today is is manual. So people will um, manually pull patients over um, like four or five, four people, or five, hopefully one, two, three, you know, lifting up one, two, three, and then you, you pull them over. And, um, if you don't have the right amount of people there, four or five people, you're getting hurt. And, and because of that, it's actually the number two cause of injury in healthcare for healthcare employees right now, really? not specifically patients. It's not good for patients either. I don't want to discount that obviously being the patient company, yeah, but and it makes them feel bad. Yeah. I mean, how does that, how does that look? Six people surround you to yeah. pull you over. You're like, Okay, I'm sick or I'm hurt, yeah. and now I have to look at six people that are all looking around nervously at each other before they tug me from one place to another. Like, there's nothing good about that process. Yeah. So, um, over the past three and a half years, we've been developing this technology and still in development, not for sale. Um, but the device is, is getting close. We're we're working towards you know FDA type work right now. It pulled me. It pulled you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've done you know some some just like bench top stuff at while we're still at Spectrum. We're able to. You know, really test it out, make sure we had something that worked, solved the need, um, and now we're really focusing on, okay, we know this thing works, it solves the need, you know, we've got a really nice looking prototype, 
but we got to get everything done in terms of you know regulatory and reliability testing and, and making sure that we can we can place this in the hospital and people will be able to use it they know what to do with it yeah um, and there's no sort of, of risk for for anyone because that's the whole point right just that's making, great. so of course you know like it's easy to, to use simple on, in text for like taglines and stuff but hopefully like in audio it comes across well too that like lateral patient transfer should just be simple right yes. so that's that's really it should be simple <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> so so that's what you know that's really what we're working on right now um, there's a lot of people doing some interesting stuff obviously here um, you know I can't speak you know well enough about innovations and, and the new new product development that you guys have going on um, but yeah. all over the place people are starting to pop up um, you know and, and really figure out how to do this so I'm, I'm really excited uh, next Monday I'm, I'm going in and I have a presentation for banner health around um, you know some of the stuff that we've we've done and um, you know about simple itself how it came about and and how they should be looking to do the same work you know they've got the team in place that's doing digital technology innovation for their own hospital system, you know, they should be helping clinicians with their ideas too. Um, so I'm really excited to, to not just help develop that technology, but develop, um, you know, more of an acceptance of this type of work and, and really promote that it's not just the, the big players that can come out and make, you know, interesting technology for, for staff and for patients, but yeah. that, you know, all this IP that's newly, you know, being developed at universities and at, at hospital systems, like there's value to that too. And, um, you know, so helping to, to really grow that yeah it makes sense so speaking of growing that mm -hmm. you need uh, you need cash to get those things started right mm -hmm. uh, so I'm guessing not that much cash right or like <laughs> you could probably uh, you know hold out your hand for some change uh, for a couple right. days a week in Grand Rapids and you'd have enough money yeah no definitely um, yeah very light on the capital side for sure yeah I'm just kidding it, it's um, extremely capital intensive and that and that's I think where uh, again, hospital systems historically have had a rough time, you know, like how do you invest in this process to get stuff to market? Yeah. Um, when there how, are... How those... much have you raised? <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to say how much I've raised. No! But, yeah, re reach out to me if you want to, if you want to learn more about the raise. I'm happy to go into detail on it, but it's definitely, uh, I would say it's a full-time job for sure, raising capital. Um, so doing that on top of obviously operating and running the business is, um, Interesting. You know, it's it's yeah. a really good challenge. Um, but no, we, we've, we've got good partners, good investors so far. Um, really excited about not just the capital they bring to the table, but also the resources and yeah. um, you know, expertise that they bring to the table as well. I mean, how important is that when you have... Because um, when, you're, when you're growing a company and yeah. you want to bring on investors, um, you need them more for than just the money, right? Because a lot of times they have a certain skill that might have gotten them that money in the first place. Yeah. And you're looking for people who have those skills that can help grow to where you need to go next. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's interesting. So I had an interested investor. Obviously, won't share any names or any real de details, but... It was um, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it was Amazon's. <laughs> no, they, they were really interested in... Um, you know, the team was really good, but they didn't really have any plans for, like, post-investment, like, guidance resources, anything like that. They just wanted to, to hand cash over and then just get a return one day, um, which I, I think is okay, but... That's okay in some scenarios. Yeah, I think, it, for me, it was not, you know, and it was really easy for me to just say, you know, like, I really appreciate that, but I can't accept your capital knowing that, you know... It, it's just going to be a, a discussion one day of what's the return 
and mm-hmm. when do we expect it? Like, that that was the only thing that they cared about. That's not conducive to your overall mission. Yeah, that's not why I'm, that's not why I'm running this business. Again, like, the, uh, the goal is to accelerate good ideas that will help our patients and help the people that take care of them. I like right? that. It's not, at the end of the day, it's not about making money. If it was about just making money, then I would be in finance. Like I, I think, I think that's really, yeah, I think that's very clear. Like I'd be working in finance. Like I really care about the problems that we have in in healthcare. And I think that my skills can help make a a dent in some of those problems. Yeah. And therefore I feel responsible to try. So as a founder, how important is it, um, that your company is an extension of yourself? Oh, hundred percent. And what does that mean for a company to be an extension of yourself? I, I think like like I just described, you know, that personal responsibility and how that skill set kind of makes me feel, um, you know, like I should and can do that, is is why I'm down this path. I think that needs to really translate into everything, right? Like your working style, you know, how many hours you're willing to put in, what your travel schedule is like. You know, like mm-hmm. I just said, I'm, I'm on the phone nonstop, and it's a good thing I like being on the phone. Right. I mean, like if, if I was like, man, this is really hard for me to do, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing it like, yeah. or, you, or you wouldn't enjoy it and you wouldn't sustain it. So for me, if you're taking on any big task, I think you, you've got to really make it an extension of yourself. Obviously, if it's something brand new and, and very difficult, you have to understand that an extension of yourself now has to be that you're interested in learning. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think everyone talks about like lifelong learning, all those cl- cliche things like, I think ultimately, if you're going to do something new, you need to learn how to learn, right? So if you'd like learning, then you can keep doing new things. But if you don't, then you should focus on, you know, like just what you know, honing in on your craft, you know, and I think ultimately, like, whatever you're doing, you have to like doing it, it has to work for you, it has to work for your schedule. Otherwise, you'll burn out. You know, and and for me, like, I think the the biggest way or the easiest way to describe and why I see it as that natural extension is I do feel that sense of personal responsibility to help in this field. And I think that alone drives me to work harder every day. You I know? got you. So I think the same thing, like, you know, if you, if you, if you want to, you know, build up a company, you've got to want to build up a company. I don't know how else to like really word it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't be like, okay, cool. This is a sweet idea, but I'm just going to kick back and watch Netflix and you know, like, <laughs> yeah. then you don't really want to be doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. Just like align more. So what you want to be doing yeah. with, with what you are doing. So what else do you like to do and how do you fit that into your schedule? Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting, you know, going from a job that was pretty flexible, but we had, you know, we had normal hours, but pretty flexible to yeah. being fully remote. Um, I've actually found myself, I stick to the Eastern... Just gaining a lot of weight? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I stick to the Eastern clock, actually, which is one big way that I, like, I save time in my mind. Um, huh. So I get up at six every day and start working. I have no commute. I have no reason not to get up and get working. So I start working right away. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, like, things... Like, you start to kind of plan your day and realize, like, you can kind of, like, hack time if you if you do things, like, the right time. So, okay. a really easy one is, like, if I'm going to exercise, I know I want to do it before the majority of the population is off work. Yeah, forget that, is. man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so but for 5 p.m., no, thank you, please. Right, exactly. So, I'll work from, you know, 6 a.m. to, to 1, 2, 3, you know, early afternoon, go exercise. You know, whether it's biking, hiking, running, going to the gym, whatever it is, yeah. do it around that time. You know, take a break, 
kind of restore yourself go and I, I'm a full believer in like having a life you know like what are you working for what, is <laughs> yeah, what are you working for if you don't have a life so go out have my life and then you know at night just get back to work you know, like whenever I'm I'm done doing the things I need to do you know spend time with the fiance hang out mm-hmm. and then open back open computer back up I'm, I'm mad at this so you go to you go to the gym around yeah. like middle afternoon one two Try three to, yeah, yeah. Um, then you come back around three or four mm-hmm. then you work till yeah I mean whenever I think or, or do you like have some fun and then come back to work and, and that's the great thing about being fully remote and doing your own thing in my mind is it's just flexible after that. If you get up early and you put that time in early, you know you're getting you know practically a full working day or at least enough time to get like really focused work done. I would imagine if you start at six a.m. Mm-hmm. and if you go six to two, you're gonna be a lot more productive than if you went like you right. know <laughs> ten to six every day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, for me, like again, just a natural extension. I get up early. You know, my fiance has to get up and get ready for work, and she has her commute. So it's like when she gets up and gets ready. My whole commute is flipping open my laptop while I'm still in bed and sifting through emails to start my day. You know, like, really easy way to get started. That's a hack. Yeah, as soon as I feel like, um, you know, I'm feeling a little bit tired, I wake up, make coffee, move to a designated workspace, and then really do that focused, dedicated work. Mm. You know, and so I think... have a corner that you face. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, more or less, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so, from there, I think, also, working early provides me the opportunity to do a lot of networking like in the area, like we talked about already. Um, And then also provides me the opportunity to take phone calls all the time. So at Mm -hmm. night and and, um, in the evening, I go to all sorts of local events, get to know the people in the community, Mm -hmm. take phone calls for the people that are now off work on the Eastern clock, you know, (laughs) continue my relationship with my family and my parents, my friends that are still here. Um, You know, being on that Eastern clock allows me to do so much more. And again, I think, you know, that's just an example of like a natural extension and and just kind of like a a time hack to to make the the best use of your day. Yeah. You know, so I like that because not only are you you doing something that you've got like a strong why Mm -hmm. um, behind why you're doing it, but then like for the overall mission that is, but then you're also um, able to work in the things that you like to do into your life because your whole life is the things that you do that's whether it's work or if it's for leisure or whatever it's for like yep. all of it is you exactly yeah and, and it starts to become um like automated at a certain point and i think this is where people get into routines and they don't realize it yeah but so if like you purposefully set routines then you just kind of like you can i don't want to say coast because that's not the right word but like if you stick to that routine then you don't have to think as much you're yeah. just doing it you just do it right so for me like getting up at six was already pretty easy Mm. Um, getting up at six to work on something I really care about even easier. And then you add on top of it, the mentality of if I don't get up at six to work on this thing that I really care about, I may not have time to exercise today. May not have time to, you know, call my loved ones, spend time with my fiance, like, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets even easier, man. Cause then you're like, well shit, like I might as well get up at five. Like, you know, <laughs> like, effective, right? Just keep, keep pushing. Cause then you're like, well, you know, the more I do this the right way, the more I have time to do the other things that I want to do. Yeah. And that's just how you, you fit in all the stuff that you want to do. That's how, you know, if you want to, if you do want to keep watching Netflix like that, yeah. you wake up early and then you watch Netflix until you go to bed. Who cares? I mean, you got your work in, you got your, you know, if that's what your natural extension of yourself is, figure out a way to make it work. Boom. Boom. I like that a lot. Um, so what we're kind of hitting on though is 
like low friction kind of days. Yes. Right? Where yeah. you're like, yeah, why don't I get up at five? That's right. Yes, I've got it. You know, yeah. it's pulling together. I'm building this and that. Mm-hmm. But you, there are days. Yep. Where they, what you call, I learned this from you, mm-hmm. high friction days. Absolutely, yeah. I, I love I love using like the low friction, high friction um, kind of, I, I don't even know what to call it. I've just always called it that and thought it's of like it. It's like an analogy. Or... Yeah. Yeah, so like just to describe that quick, like low friction is, is what you just said. You know, everything's easy. You know, you're just crushing through work. Yeah. You know, your commute, there's no traffic. No one's on the road. You know, it's just like everything's going your way. Yeah. I describe that as low friction. And then the opposite, you know, like, oh my God, my computer won't boot up. Like, I can't get, you know, this, this person won't respond to my phone call. Traffic's so heavy. Like, the world is against me. You know, mm-hmm. instead of thinking it that way, you just think of it as, like, a higher friction day. And I think that you have to almost weight, like, your work, your work progress, and your idea of your success against that friction day to day. Because if you have low friction, dude, turn on the jets and get going. Like, that means that you should be, you know, rocking whatever you're doing, even if it's, you know, even if you're surfing, right, or laying on the beach, no friction, this is the best, enjoy it, soak it up, and on the days where it's high friction, you just gotta have that mentality of, like, things are not going my way right now, and that's okay, because I'm just gonna push through it, understanding that this friction will cause me to get less done, like, for the day, for the week, for the month, I mean, if you're thinking through it that way, it's easier to separate it from, yourself because I think a lot of times when you think like the world is against me or the world is on my side it becomes like it's personal and it's yeah and you like rely on it yeah you rely on it you think about it that way but like if you think of it totally separate then allow it to enable how you feel like I think that is it's just easier for me I found that to be a good way to think through things Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, and I, and I think, like, I'd, I'd really encourage everyone to think, like, are you having a low-friction day or high-friction day before you get too excited or too stressed out about what you're doing? You know, mm-hmm. like, I think it's it's funny how, and, and uh, you know, I have a friend that, that calls it, like, the lows and the highs, the peaks and the valleys, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's just another way to kind of weather the storm. Yeah. Um, you know, you can think about it really in any capacity you want, but the idea is not to get too high when things are too good, not to get too low when things are too bad. Yeah. By telling yourself it doesn't have anything to do with you, you know, it, it's an outside factor, you can't control it, but how does this now create your idea of today? You know? Yeah, so that idea lets you, um, it, it lets you capitalize when things are going good, yep. and it lets you not get too down when things aren't going that good. Exactly, yeah, that's the whole point really, you know, because every day is different, it's never going to be easy, it's never... It's never going to be always easy, never going to be always hard. And, like, if you don't keep that mindset, you can find yourself getting either frustrated or too excited, you know, at those peaks, at those valleys. Yeah. Um, and it's just not sustainable. Again, you know, you got to find a way to, to be steady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wait, what inspires you, like, generally? Yeah. Is it people? Is it ideas? Is it a spirit animal? <laughs> Oh, definitely not a spirit animal, but I love that. <laughs> I don't even know. I think a polar bear. I already mentioned it once today. Yeah. I do I do feel the polar bears. So What? Yeah, that would be my spirit animal. Alright. Um, what about them? I don't know. Just the way that they are. Just the way they are. Yeah. Makes no, sense. they don't inspire me though. I'm just kinda of joking around. I think for, Yeah, right. <laughs> on the inspiration side, I, I mean I, definitely people. Um you know, I really feed off of people, especially ideas. Like you I mean you kinda of just stole it right out of my mouth. Yes. Um that's why I cracked up when he said spirit animals. I was like, well, not not that, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but no people and ideas. I mean, I think 
the the cool thing to me is when people are able to like free up whatever they have to to go after something you know and, mm. and I love people and I know you've talked about this as well that are just really into something you know and like yeah I, a lot of the time I, I see myself as a generalist because I like to do so many different things like I get caught up in whatever it is and then I'm like oh you know what actually you know what? I'm gonna start playing basketball a bit because I, I like basketball and I haven't all the time it's like yeah. I'm I'm probably not on the track to be a specific like master at any one thing at this point <laughs> you know because I, I like tasting a whole bunch of different stuff and yeah um so I think like I really feed off of the people that are opposite to that, I think, because they have such a, like, detail-oriented view of specific things that when they have an idea, like, you can really get psyched for them because you're like, this idea could change everything for you, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you're so in the weeds on this specific thing that creating a new idea around it and going after that could change everything. And, like, how cool is that, you know? And so I love to... I love to just, like, speak to people and talk with people about, like, why not just go after that thing and, like, what do you need to free up to to get to that point where you can, you know? And I think a lot of people limit themselves somehow. Like, Hmm. you know, I'd I'd love to, um, you know, get into running or get into knitting because, you know, that's that's really what I care about, but I just don't have time, you know, or, um, you know, if if it wasn't for for this, like, I I would be doing it more. Yeah. And it's like... If you really care about it, you should do it. Do you catch yourself having those thoughts? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always... But I think, if for me, I'm okay with it because of the fact I know I like to do a lot of stuff. Okay. But it's those people that are like, yeah, you know, I used to knit, you know... Yeah, I know I should get back into so it. So much. And they're right? not enjoying There's life no, right now. My favorite thing that I've ever done was when I used to knit five hours a day, and now I don't. And it's like, I, I just see no reason to... to like accept that. I mean, obviously, like yeah. there's things that are out of your control that like you you then lose your time to. But mm-hmm. you know, if you really care about it, wake up early, stay up late, and do it. You know. Yeah. So I love I love talking to people that are either doing that and you just get to feed off their energy and their excitement from it, or the people that have an idea of like that kind of place for them, and then you can kind of just help them think through it and you know live vicariously through. Like their new idea of starting this thing or doing that thing, um, and because they care about it. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. Well, hey, look, I know you've uh, you uh, were gracious enough to share a little bit of time with me today. You've been running around town. <laughs> you're doing this and that, having breakfast, having uh, all kinds right, of get-togethers. <laughs> yeah, lunch next. Yeah, yeah. All so the, all the essentials. All the essentials, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, breakfast, lunch, dinner, right. second lunch, second dinner. That's right. <laughs> Phone calls in between. Yeah. But uh, One Bad Man Majama, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I'm honored that you uh, allowed me to be part of your busy schedule today. No, I can't thank you enough, man. I I love to to come out here, and I think you're really one of those people I was just describing of, you know, with the podcast, like, you're all in on it. I just just want to see you fly with it, man. So Hey, thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. Um, Thanks for... Thank you for taking the time, man. I know you're busy. I'm, we're, for those of you who didn't catch it in the early couple minutes there, we uh, are currently in Luciano's house. <laughs> he turned his own room into a studio today. Um, so, I mean, it takes uh, takes time and, and, and courage and the you know the ability to actually just get that done so we have somewhere to, to record. And I think, like, that's just badass, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta say it. So. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Cool. NDH baby. Andy, how can I help you, Hireman? One bad man, one bad man, a Gemma, the great and powerful Andrew Hireman. I'll see you later, good buddy. Thanks, man.
All right. Well, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with one bad mamma jamma. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating, and tell a friend. I hope you go out and have the best day possible. Have a good day, if that's possible. Make the most of it, whatever that is. Don't forget to leave anyone, anything, and everyone better than you found them today. Adios.